Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The fortune-making spirit of today's marketplace, The Rob Black Show. Good day. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking about investing in your future, getting your retirement, kicking, dragging, screaming. Ultimately, however, we need to do it. I think that's the right idea. Yesterday was a gravity day where things came back down to earth. Today is a anti-gravity, non-gravity, reverse gravity. I don't even know what you would say. The law of physics doesn't seem to really be applying to the stock markets. This weekend, billionaire Branson is set to fly into space aboard the Virgin Galactic rocket. Yeah. Hope it goes well. <laughs> Affleck's duck ads are considered wildly popular within the advertising community. I bring that up because a lot of what we do as investors ties back into the companies that we invest in. And marketing and advertising is a big operation. Stocks are rising to recover some of the losses as investors are shaking off concerns. Fascinating how we, the law of physics just don't apply. It's the, it's the buy on dip market. There's been a reversal in treasury yields. Treasury yields, um, gosh, yesterday, if I were to be honest with you, I did not tune into CNBC, but I saw some headlines come out of CNBC. And not the most flattering on where the 10-year treasury is going to ultimately go. Some people believe we go back down to less than 1%, which to me would heavily imply a really rough economy with a lot of debt supporting a really rough economy and not necessarily an economy standing on its own. Crude oil is higher today, bullish, growthy. 10-year treasury bond sits at one3 3.4%, up fractions, but still up. Bitcoin up. So yesterday, in a world where nothing worked, flip the script. Everything's kind of working today. You might be quick to say it's just buy on the dip, or maybe it's maybe we pick up the selling of weakness on Monday. Pfizer announced that it's working on a booster shot to target the Delta variant. Yeah, the CDC and FDA have said fully vaccinated Americans don't need a booster shot at this time. Stamps.com is getting a major booster shot this morning of their own. They're going to be acquired by Toma Bravo for $6.6 billion. That's a 66% premium to yesterday's close. Wow, that's a nice way to wake up. No. 
People's Bank of China is looking to provide a booster shot. Booster shot seems to be the phrase that pays today. No. For the Chinese economy, China's markets closed today, but the People's Bank of China, PBOC, said it's cutting the required reserve ratio for all banks by 50 basis points. Trying to spruce their economies a bit. Um, next week, we start earnings season, which is feels kind of soon. I'd like another day or two off if I could, but it feels kind of soon. Um, JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, and PepsiCo all report numbers next week. Earnings season should be fantastic in 2021 because last year things were so miserable at this time of the year. Last year at this time, we were wondering how are we going to wipe our butts because grocery stores were out of toilet paper. What a year can do to change everything. General Motors is recalling 400,000 pickup trucks over risk of an airbag exploding. That's in their insurance. I think that's the lesson that I want to throw down for you. Is a lot of us do water cooler talk. And part of the water cooler talk is sometimes to speculate. Oh, I bet that recall is going to ruin them. It never does. Costco is keeping the momentum up with another month of strong momentum. Costco is a fascinating company. There's people that are dead that have Costco memberships. And they report it because they legally have to. Why not just cut it off? But no, I don't quite get it. There's some unfavorable year-over-year comparisons, supply chain and logistics issues for Costco. Last year at this time, we were panicking, buying everything we could, taking everything off their shelves, and their shelves are big and massive, right? Then this year, we had logistics due to the Suez Canal getting blocked. What a nightmare the logistics have been in the United States and the world with semiconductors, with furniture. So Costco has to deal with all that. They said that, you know, some consumers who were previously apprehensive about shopping online, they've made it more of their shopping routine, which suggests some ongoing digital momentum. I think it's fair to say, and this might cause me a little bit of trouble, that the typical average Costco member probably does not resemble the typical average Amazon member as far as tech savviness goes. But Costco is saying that's changing. So Costco is a pretty resilient company. It's a company I would have no problem if you were to say I want to put it in my portfolio. I wouldn't have any problem. I'd even look at it and, and go, that's an interesting pick. Probably not as good as Amazon or Walmart through the years, but probably a pretty interesting pick. Good pick. Isn't it great that you should invest in things like Costco? <laughs> I have a friend who used to go to Costco every weekend for the samples. And he made it like a trip to Disneyland for his kids. And you'd go, hey, kids, we're going to Costco this week. And the kids are like, woo! And he would say something like, what do we like at Costco? And the kids would say in unison, samples, 
Shanghai Disney, speaking of going to Disney, the resort will adjust its pricing rate for admission to Shanghai Disneyland. The new definition rate for the four-tiered pricing structure, regular, regular, plus, peak, and peak plus. Isn't this fascinating? We have no problem with Disney as a monopoly, as a mean company, as a company who's abusive to their pricing. Regular price of admission to Shanghai Disneyland covers most weekdays and select weekends. Regular plus is price of admission will cover selected weekends and selected weekdays. Peak plus, let's just jump to the, the good part. It's covering selected Chinese statutory holiday periods, park special event days, and selected days in the summer. And it's going for premium pricing. Something tells me we're going to see Disneyland, Disney World, Disney Shanghai increase prices slowly every year until the day I die. And then after I'm dead, if I were to come back in a seance and talk to Madame Lustaka, I'd say, Madame Lustaka, I've, I've met Rob over there. I'd go, Disney raised prices this year? She goes, why, yes, yes, they did. That's good for business. That's good for the stock. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. The fortune-making spirit of today's marketplace, The Rob Black Show. Stocks yesterday fell from record highs. Investors muttered. Maybe this whole COVID thing ain't over yet. And when you start to talk about a resurgence in the virus, you start talking about problems with airlines, cruises, and hotels. And you start thinking, do I really want to hold these stocks? It was it was fun for a while, but now that we're starting to talk about the Delta variant, and there's clear evidence at this point in time, those who have not been vaccinated are the ones who are getting sick and dying. There's clear evidence those of the states that have low vaccination rates are the ones struggling. The number of people who have been out of work for more than a year increased by 248,000 last month to 2.9 million, reflecting the long-term pain the pandemic has inflicted on the labor market. That's a big story right now, the labor shortage in America. Statistic that I ran across yesterday is that 50% of restaurant owners weren't able to pay rent in month, um, in May. They weren't able to pay May's rent. That's a lot. More than I would have thought, right? Just on the surface of things, you're like, hey, people are back. But my favorite eatery still is closed on Monday and Tuesdays and Wednesdays for lunch. Tell you that they're having problems getting staffing. A low interest rate environment, the digital transformation, both spurred by the pandemic and more private equity, hedge fund participation, startup investing. And you're seeing a lot of companies ask for money, get money, and go public. How much so? Startups globally raised about $156 billion last quarter. An army of unicorns, 136 new startups achieved billion-dollar valuations last quarter alone. These are companies that are young, developing, and they're worth a billion. And when you start thinking about that, that's the landscape is changing pretty rapidly. And there's a lot of assumptions that we need more billion-dollar companies, a lot more. The number that was impressive in 2020 was that we created 128 total billion-dollar companies that aren't earning money. 
unicorns. Or they're in, they appear to be in the business of losing billions. Now, what's interesting about that is I said 128 total for 2020. Last quarter, we did 136 here in the United States alone. Year over year, the number of unicorns has grown about 491%. And I'll, I'll throw it down again. My idea of a unicorn is spending money on cocktails with money that we don't even have to make ourselves. It feels like a stimulus check for the business-minded. It doesn't end well when you see 491% surge in companies that don't necessarily have to be terribly responsible. It's pretty interesting. Uh, I was going through some of those Trump tech titan talks last year. And uh, or I guess it was a few years back. Let me correct that. And there was a picture of Sheryl Sandberg sitting next to Larry Page, sitting next to Mark Zuckerberg. And I've known Larry Page for 20 plus years now. And it struck me as like, I knew Larry when he was a young man. And I go, wait, wait, that must be I was a young man. I knew Larry when he didn't have gray hair. I mean, he's all gray now. Um, and that kind of freaked me out to take a look back at that. Time marches on. In finance, oh, uh, in financial tech, one dollar out of every five dollars raised globally last quarter went to a fintech industry, for a total of thirty-three point seven billion, with Stripe and Klarna um, as two of the most valuable unicorns in the world. Are we at a point where we're a little bit too saturated? My um, my radio producer this morning said that he had to open up a PayPal account. Or he had to refigure out his password or something along those lines. I'm like, ah, PayPal. Good old PayPal. Elon Musk darling. That was his first big company um, that he sold out of and got the capital to start Tesla. Did you know that? But anyway, uh, what I'm getting at is uh, it, was, it was almost refreshing to hear someone talk about PayPal. Because I like Stripe and Klarna and Venmo and you're like, oh, there's too many players. And I do this for a living. So I know about 50 fintech companies that I'm eyeballing on a regular basis. Silicon Valley is the next Silicon Valley. So says the Silicon Valley. In the world of venture capital funding, funding for these unicorns jumped 93%. From quarter two, 2020, year over year, which gave Silicon Valley its second consecutive 20 billion plus quarter. So a lot of money is coming in the area. It's still by far the richest tech hub in the world. The New York-based crossover fund called Tiger Global invests in both private and public companies. They're closing over four deals a week on average. It's crazy the momentum in unicorns. It tells you it probably ends badly. Does the world need – and again, a unicorn company could be, oh, we're going to sell razor blades directly to you. We're going to cut Gillette out and we're going to come up with a business model where we're going to give free razor blades to children in Africa so they can shave. I know you're saying, are you making fun of children in Africa food campaigns? I kind of was and it feels bad saying it. But that's all you have to do right now to get a billion dollars. You have to have come up with an idea like Rob needs razors. Oh, and by the way, we're going to give razors away. 
Warby Parker is is fantastic. The eyeball industry, the eyeglasses industry is a racket. If you've ever paid for glasses, you're like, wait, 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 this little thing costs that much money? I once bought, and I'm embarrassed to say this, glasses that were made out of like animal product, like animal horn, tusk or something. And I did it because the sales lady was cute and I was flirting. I really wanted a pair that cost $200. I walked out with a pair that cost $800. Pair of glasses? It's funny because years later I found them and I'm like, I should give these to a small child in Africa. <laughs> too many companies come in public. Too many companies with billion-dollar valuations. Too many companies where you and the, the founder sit around this weekend drinking free booze because you got a billion dollars in the bank and why not? So that's out there. Is that concerning to you? Probably not as much as the 10-year treasury note, which serves as a benchmark for interest rates across the U.S. economy. Yesterday, falling for eight straight days in a row, telling us, well, what's going on here? Because the market was hitting record highs eight straight days in a row, seven days out of the eight. That's two things go two very different directions. So we reset today. I'll take a look. We'll get brushed up on this. I have more content for you. We'll take a break. Be right back. I'm not buying a straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. One of the super hot stocks this week falls into the category of a meme stock. And I'm going to bring it up for you. We're going to talk about it. I'm going to give you my opinion. And I think we'll all move on and live happily ever after. So the one that, that popped up this week is a company called Newegg. And most of you are probably familiar with it on some level. Some of you might not be. Uh, Newegg is in the business of selling computer gear online. So if I were to build a computer, which is something I love doing since my childhood, uh, getting the CPU, getting the CPU paste, getting the heat sink, trying to get the heat sink to fit on a freaking fragging. Uh, you get the idea, right? So you get all the parts and a good website to do it is, is Newegg. They're, they're fairly competitive. So and they have selection that's kind of geared towards a fries. And uh, what I'm saying, a selection that's kind of geared towards fries. When I came to the Bay Area 25 years ago, people were like, oh, you got to go to fries. You got to go to fries. It's the coolest store in all the Bay Area. You can go get computer gear there. I'm like, okay, come and get it. I went into a couple of fries, and the fry stores were pretty unique in the sense that some of them were designed like pyramids, and some of them were designed like spaceships. And um, so you had the. Egyptian feel with sarcophagus, sarcophagi, sarcophagus, sar multiple sarcophagi. I don't even know how to say it. Point being is, it was this big freaking warehouse. And as you walk around this big freaking warehouse, you're like, man, I could live in the closet in this building and live like a king compared to where I'm living right now in Corte Madero or San Francisco. And you looked at the real estate and you're, it was obnoxious, like how big these big stores are. Now, again, a lot of the world, a lot of the country, a lot of the world doesn't have what I have. I've lived outside the Bay Area and I've lived inside the Bay Area. And inside the Bay Area, you see a big amount of retail space and you go, 
I wonder how they're paying rent. You know, I earlier talked about how 50% of restaurants didn't pay rent in the month of May. Well, when you go buy a Best Buy and you see it's massively big, you go, that costs a lot of money. Some body owns that shopping mall. Some business, some body, some person, some family, some inheritance, some somebody, right? And you're like, I bet they, they've got kids who are living on a trust because they own that shopping mall. There's some truth to that sometimes. Then the pandemic hits if you want to own a shopping mall, but that's a different story. But new egg, I don't get. And I never really got fries either. Um, a friend of mine was really good with the son of the fries guy. So I'm going to make up his name because I don't have it right now. Um, Randy Fry. His son, Junior. Um, would take the family plane to Mexico all the time. And he took my friend. Oh, it was John Fry was his name. Oh, wait, wait. The founder was Randy Fry. How good of a pool was that? Holy mackerel. And his son is John. John Jr. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so Fry's Electronics is this big story. If, if they were publicly traded, they're not. But if they were, it could be a SPAC company. Because Newegg is kind of the same thing where you can get a lot of computer gear and a soda. Or you can get a lot of – like it's kind of just a weird story. It's just too big. So when I saw Newegg turn into the meme stock of the week where on Reddit they're like, this stock's going to go to the moon. This stock is going to change the – I'm like, oh, I have no interest. But that's because I get caught up in the details of fundamentals. I'm not right. I, I've just found what works for me. And I, I truly believe that if you can find a meme stock and you can get in and get out and you feel comfortable that you're better than the average person at doing that, good for you. But I can tell you that I used to have a, a producer and he was a big, big old piece of poop in my mind. Just not a, a great human being, not going anywhere. And again, that's just me being judgy. Plays video games all day, overweight, not interested, never getting married, living off his mother's inheritance. I didn't like the guy. And he could buy a stock like a new egg and walk around with a great amount of confidence. And I'm like, can you even spell that company <laughs> kind of thing? And it pisses me off a little bit, but then I let it go because if it works for him, it works for him, right? It's not for me to judge. But with that said, I think when push comes to shove, I'm going to have more money than him. And when push comes to shove, I think I'm going to keep more money than him. And when push comes to shove, he's going to probably pay higher taxes on very minimal earnings or no earnings. I don't play that game. I play a different game. But Newegg to me, I was like, eh. I know they're publicly traded and I've actually used the site before. I could attest it's, it's, it's legit. They're the kind of company that would probably take like Bitcoin 20 years before anyone else takes Bitcoin. And you're like, why are they taking Bitcoin? That's kind of weird. And next thing you know, they're a, a meme stock. Maybe because they took Bitcoin. But I look at the fries and I go, okay, you can wrongly make some bad assessments. Like they've gone out of business essentially, right? They've liquidated their stores. They're shutting down their stores. They're uh, breaking their leases. They're everything must go kind of, uh-oh, I wonder who the next tenant's going to be there. And it's typically going to be a Best Buy or a Target because it kind of fits in the same kind of mold of big store. Of which if you go into a Best Buy now, you still go, dang, this is a big store. 
What's interesting about Best Buy is they've put little stores inside of the stores. So Magnolia sponsors the TV section. Apple's got uh, Apple products and they're the tech nerds or the geeks at Best Buy can fix Apple products and they've got, you know, Apple displays and they got Samsung displays and you look at the inventory and that's where Fry's really had a problem on my mind is because you'd go down an aisle and you'd be like, huh, they've got masters of the universe action figures. How does that go with a CPU and a video board two, two rows down? It doesn't make sense. And then they had that like a, a 20 pound bag of Swedish fish. And you're like, huh, don't quite get this inventory. Now, Best Buy is a little bit, you kind of get it. They've got the Peloton competitor. Um, so you could try it before you buy it. Some things I like, some things I don't, but I don't own any Best Buy because I still have that problem with it's a lot of real estate. Do I like the company? Yes, because I think they're getting digital better. I love when I need a keyboard or a mouse or whatever I need from Best Buy. I love just dropping by and they bring it right to my car, which is an interesting dilemma. As we were studying restaurants yesterday, I don't know if you picked up on this, but when you start talking about the restaurants and their rankings for uh, customer satisfaction, and McDonald's comes in very low, but for the app, McDonald's comes in very high. And the ability to have food brought out to your car is now every restaurant needs to do that, not just McDonald's, every restaurant. And the ability to pick up your food and have it in a container that you like, every restaurant must get the to-go containers uh, brought up to speed. It's pretty interesting because I have a friend who was in the business of to-go containers and receipt paper. And I'm like, man, the world's been tough to you. Because like styrofoam, he would make a ton of money on it and California banned styrofoam. But that slack is picked up with now better paper products to handle the food reheating or keeping it warm until it's delivered to your home. I suppose, and I don't know this to be true, Styrofoam is an amazing food packaging because it keeps the everything moist and, and warm. So, but it's banned. So, anyhow, anyway, little industries that changed. Restaurants and retail now. What they got right during the pandemic, they need to keep doing because people want it. I don't think I ever want to go into a Best Buy again. I just like having them bring stuff out to my door. Um, and we're all going to be different is ultimately where we're going to go out with this. But it is interesting to note. PC sales are booming. And as I'm talking about restaurants and retail needing to do exactly what they did during the pandemic for customer satisfaction – I'm starting to think, are we at peak PC? Last year, we were not disappointed, but we were told, your kids aren't going to school. It's too dangerous. So I painted my kids' rooms. I got them new PCs. I got more entertainment, more speed for their PC. Like I, I really upped their game. And now I'm like, I have no interest in buying a laptop or a PC this year. None. Kind of got it. Been there, done it. So I feel I've peaked out. PC sales are booming, and despite the industry's cyclical past, Wall Street and major PC makers believe strong computer demand will last for a long time. There will be a move back to the office that we're seeing now that's going to benefit companies like Dell, who are PC office companies. 
So Dell did well with people getting PCs in their home. Dell will do well with people going back to work and the game being upped. And when you hear things like the Pentagon spending billions on the Jedi project, it's about getting new computers. It's about getting computers that work with the um, hosting capabilities of cloud computing applications. PC demand soared. PC demand has soared as the public built out of work from home offices, right? PC shipments grew by 55% in the first quarter of 2021 compared to 26% in the fourth quarter of 2020. So it feels like we're getting a little stretched there. It does tie back to fries and does tie back to Best Buys and does tie back to Newegg. But that's all I got for you. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, trying to get you to retirement. Appreciate all the support. I have worked pretty hard. Nah, it's not hard. I've put together a pretty good team to help revamp the podcast. Give it a listen. It's, I think, better than it was a year ago, and I'll always strive to make it better. To complement that, we've revamped the website that will probably launch on Monday or Tuesday. We're having some DNS problems pulling it off, but it's going to happen. I'm pleased with the content and how it distributes and how you can get some downloadables and you can list past shows right there on the website. You can see the last 10 shows and, you know, hey, I missed Rob and, oh, I see today he's going to talk about Microsoft versus Apple. Uh, it looks good. It's very new. And I'm ultimately kind of happy. Um, I know you're saying you never really get too happy, do you? I really never do. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Going back to work and the jobs numbers has been very, very dicey for our economy. Our economy helps set up our stock market. U.S. economy added 850,000 jobs in June, marking the biggest monthly gain in almost a year. The unemployment rate ticked up from 58 to 5.9%. The unemployment rate that's important to you, it's somewhere around 4 to 6%. You don't want it too hot and you don't want it too cold. So 4% it's starting to get, uh-oh, that's too hot. 6% it's starting to get a little bit too cold. And I'm not even going to get into the Latin labor market or the African-American labor market. Let's just say uh, Caucasians have the best in the United States as far as rates go. And that's kind of non-American, but I'm not going to go there. 14.4% of U.S. employees were teleworking because of the pandemic. That's down from 16.6% in May and 35% in May 2020. So some of us are still teleworking. I am. Cron doesn't want me back yet. Radio is fine with me being at a distance. I'm not all that crazy about going back into the studios at radio because random people come in the studios. If it was my cubicle and my cubicle only, I'd, I'd feel great about it. But I, I 
germs. I'm, it's now a thing with me. I didn't know that was going to happen. And today I was like, I could go into work or I can save two hours of driving and uh, set my weekend up correctly. I was like, I'm going to set my weekend up correctly. Hopefully I don't get fired down the road. But I do think there's going to be lawsuits brought about. You gave Kathy a raise because she comes into the office. And I think attorneys are going to be like, have you been discriminated against because you didn't want to go back in the office? Oh, that's coming. Average hourly pay rose 3.6% in June over a year earlier. It's 6.6% above levels in February 2020 before COVID hit the United States. So average hourly pay up 6.6% essentially in a year and a half. That's inflationary. The sector most battered and fried by the pandemic was the leisure and hospitality. Um, they're adding the most amount of jobs quickly, but they're also having the largest turnover. Job openings are important, but turnover is as well. Uh, I find looking at the labor market to be very tedious and it's not very sexy. So for me to say wages were up 6.6%, that's about as sexy as I can make it. For me to say that right now people commuting from home or working from home, it's dropping, and it's dropping pretty remarkably quickly. Uh, month to month, down from 16.6 down to 14.4. You're due back at work. I'm due back. Karan's going to have me back in September, I think, as schools go back to work in California. I think it's a California you can kind of linger a little bit longer. Uh, the unemployment rate for younger workers shot up to 32% last summer. The jobless rate for teens dropped to 9.6% this May. It's lowest since 1953. Employment amongst America's youth is recovering at a much quicker rate than it is for any other demographic. Interesting, right? Um, I got an email that was pretty fascinating. It was about a woman whose husband spends a lot of money. CFP Chad Burton, I've heard him tell stories on this in the past. Transitioning from labor market to what people spend on is my, my angle here. And she said, my husband spends $75,000 on his credit card and plans to spend $8,000 going to sporting events. Post-COVID, he wants to party. Post-COVID, he wants to have a hot, sexy summer. And her husband is taking on debt at an alarming rate. This is where you need a conversation on the spenders versus the savers. Are you comfortable doing that? I am, but I sometimes get looks at me like, do you have a learning disability? Because the way you just blurted that out, you showed no filter. Um, having a husband that travels a lot outside of family travel, um, saying things like, hey, me and the boys are going to go down to Vegas this week and uh, catch a couple basketball games and gamble and drink. And he's not taking the family. That, that can become very problematic very fast. It becomes insane when one person is the saver and one person is the spender or the splurger. I highly recommend divorce is more expensive than sitting down once a month to talk about money. Just throwing that out there. Um, wedding planners. 
that is an industry that's changing very, very quickly. And COVID is kind of lingering in there, right? Destination weddings. Um, fake cakes are in. Did you know that fake cakes are a thing? Faux wedding cakes. It's a way of saying, look how beautiful our wedding cake is. And you don't have to have someone breathing on it and cutting it and slicing it up to members of the family. It's a sanitary thing. We're... Isn't that fascinating? Fake cakes are in. Um, another thing that's in is firing the photographer and going with the designated documenter. Trying to get the best bits of your day. Numbering the back of your RSV cards. Um, a thing. Uh, just again, I, some of the traditions versus some of the changes. I think that's kind of what I'm going at today on the show. Um, person I hate enormously is Robert Kiyosaki. Here's the people that I hate. I hate the people that promise to teach you how to become wealthy and then charge you for their teaching you via books and seminars. I don't like Trump because I think he's, he's a fraud at creating wealth. He inherited it. He didn't make it. Period. And there's no way around that. Um, I don't think he's smart enough to write his own books. But Kiyosaki I don't like either because he says just some vague, stupid stuff. The best time to prepare for a crash is before the crash. And you're like, oh, well said, Mr. Kiyosaki. Well said. I didn't think of that. Of course you did. And then he goes something like, here's another quote of his. Anyone who says money doesn't make you happy is a sick puppy who has never been broke. Money is a drug. It makes people happy. Problem is, when drug wears off, people get unhappy. Buy gold, silver, Bitcoin, real money, and stay happy. He's he's pushing buying gold and Bitcoin. Again, he didn't make any of his money. He made his money selling you the idea that he knew how to make money. Um, um, I don't know. He makes fun of Warren Buffett in this quote. He goes, Buffett buys to sell. He sells Coca-Cola, Geico, and Gillette. He's now selling Barrick Gold. His gold costs $1,000 to mine. Sells for $2,000. Barrick has tons of gold to sell in the future. Smart? How much gold, silver, Bitcoin do you have to sell in the future? And I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. Trying to go after one of the best investors of all time and throwing your spin into it so you can be quoted on the same quote line as a Buffett is just sad. So I find a lot of the people who promise how to get you wealthy, I'm, I'm going to get you wealthy over time. It's going to take 20, 30, 40 years. It's going to take 5, 10, 15% of your paycheck. It's going to take getting the bonus and put it in the market versus getting the bonus and going on, uh, on a cruise, which I never want to go on a cruise in the first place. So I'm all set. My first wife told a story about a cruise that just, it was gross. I can't repeat it here because I'd probably be sued. But let's just say this. You'll never find me on the love boat. E-cigarette use among teens was a big story in 2015, 2016. We're not really talking about it now, are we? I think what I'm trying to get at to end this idea and in this segment is media crafts angles. And you would have thought it was a pandemic of you know, strawberry flavored cigarette 
is killing our kids' youth. And then it goes away, that story. I don't like Kiyosaki. I'm going to stick with that. He says, savers are losers, cash is trash, treasuries are thieves. What is, is he out of his mind? Savers are losers? I don't get it. If you like Kiyosaki, you're not on the raw black train. Ugh, he's gross. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. 